Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Old people love cannabis. They <laughs> love it. They love it. And all the old people started crawling out of the Oklahoma woodwork when we started talking about legalizing. This is the Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. I am Joyce Gerber, and welcome back to the Cannamom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry. One canna story at a time. And Dave, do you know what today is? I don't know. It's Wednesday. It's is, is it 420. It's oh, our national holiday. It's 420, of course. I was being coy. I knew it was 420. You've been doing this with me for many years. You know all about our holidays. So. Yeah. <laughs> so it started just because a bunch of college students started like smoking a joint at 4.20 p.m. one day. Is that what it was? Or? I was just on a pod listening to a clubhouse around there giving the um, history of 4.20, something about students in California in mm. 2002. And they had a meeting spot at a statue or something. And they were going on an archaeological you know, they're looking for the magical plant or something. I don't know. Mm. They're going on some kind of like archaeological <laughs> sighting. They decided they smoked cannabis. It was 420 and moving forward. They used that as a code. I think it might have come from something else. Right. And then it got adopted, I guess, from the Grateful Dead. That's what I know. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, Bob Dylan has a song, Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35. And it's that song that says everybody must get stoned. And if you multiply the two numbers in the song title, it comes out to 
420. Coincidence? Maybe. Cannabis <laughs> magic. Who That's knows? Right. <laughs> Whatever it is, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have fun today. But I just, we want to um, just remember that there are people still suffering out there because of this misguided war on drugs. So while we're having fun, we do want to remember about the last prisoners project and of course, Randy Lanier's project or your favorite nonprofit cannabis one that's working to like help us undo the stigma and crush the stigma and help us all move forward to a healthier future. So don't forget on this happy day, what else we're here. It's like, it's like Passover. Like, you know, you got to tell the story, <laughs> right. the Jews, yeah. we were slaves and now we are free. Here we are for 2022. I'll let my people go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, they, they tried to kill us. We survived. Let's eat. So for 420, it's, you know, they tried to imprison us. We survived. Let's smoke. How's exactly. Right. So. There we go. Um, for 2022 on the Canada Mom Show. And then I also want to give a shout out to this new magazine. I just was contacted by it. It's called Sweet Jane. They have two actual physical paper magazines back in the day that you actually remember read. We get those. They have it. It's all about women. And I'm kind of excited. I'm, I was looking through it before we got on the show. Very cool. I, I'm glad that, that being an old newspaper guy, I'm glad that something's still in print. That's cool. I did. I really, I don't want to look at my screen all day to read my magazines either. And you know, I say this all the time. I literally get the newspaper delivered. So I like actually reading something and touching it and reading it. So, And I'm a book reader too. I have a Kindle, but I just like stuff on paper. I can't explain it. Now I'm treating you to Sweet Jane by the Cowboy Junkies. Oh. It's a nice song. Okay. <laughs> it's a music... <laughs> Music cannabis show, you know that. Right. <laughs> All right. And then before we move on, I just want to give a quick reminder that the high tea party in Boston is quickly approaching April 30th. Tickets are going fast. We have tea from Irie Infusion Teas and treats from Log Grow Goodies. And we're giving away real China teacups. If you look on my Instagram, it looks like a made up photo, but those are actual teacups that we're going to be serving our tea in and they're beautiful and you're going to get one if you come. We have our panel. We're going to be speaking about Courage and Cannabis Anthology with Dr. Bridget Williams and Canna Educator Sherry Berman will be presenting on the endocannabinoid system. And of course, each ticket purchase enters you to win the adorable Rosette Flower Bong from my bud vase. And if you cannot join us, you can still purchase a raffle ticket or three Link in the Cannabom Show Instagram bio or find it on Eventi. Search High T Boston. There we are. You going to come, Dave? Uh, am I allowed? Are men allowed? I actually haven't discussed that. We'll find out. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Sounds like I got an out, but I'd like to come. Okay. And we do have a special segment guest today. Her name is Coach Ash. We'll be sharing something about her new little cookbook later in the show. And of course, thank you to Northern Specialty Health Provisioning Center for making today's show possible. It's a long, it's a long title, Northern Provision. I keep saying it wrong. <laughs> we love you, Penny. It's a long name. It just means dispensary. Okay. <laughs> today, today, we have guests to des- today from Oklahoma. It's a big cannabis state, people. One is an educator who has been a dedicated entrepreneur in cannabis for over 15 years. She also has a passion for helping older folks and a knack for assisting others to live their best lives. Her joy is family and farming cannabis. Our other guest is a super educator, super advocate, and was named Oklahoma Cannabis Woman of the Year. Together, today's guests are using their passion to help women access the therapies they need with the creation of a product line, Helping Women. I am looking forward to learning more. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Janice Dollins and Kimberly Campbell. Welcome, my friends from Oklahoma. Hello. Thank you. 
So, okay, so the originally Thank this was going to so be a, a show about Jana, but she really wanted to bring her friend Kimberly. <laughs> so we're going to let her talk first. I know you're a woman friend in cannabis. That's really important. Why do you think it's so important that the two of you are friends or that we have friends in this industry? Kimberly, go first. I'm going to have you go first. Oh, having friend, women friends in this industry is everything. And just having a support system when you're bridging things that nobody's ever done before or you're to keep from second guessing yourself and just feedback and friendship and support. It's everything. It's life. Your women friends is, is everything. Which is so nice about this. I mean, I'll say with this industry, even Jana, we met on Clubhouse. We talk about this a lot, how women of my age were often alone. We're often alone in a professional success. And then you didn't really have those kind of friendships. And we're trying to do something different with cannabis and building these businesses. So, Jana, you brought your friend Kim on. You told me I had to meet her. So, <laughs> what is it about Kim? What is it about the two? Didn't we? Yeah. What is it about Kim and like having this friendship in Oklahoma? What has it meant for you in that state in your cannabis journey? Well, Kimberly's friendship means so much to me within this cannabis journey and all around. She's a true inspiration of somebody who is a super giver and helper and just does it without self-concern, but never to like, you know, an, an example of somebody who just doesn't even bring themselves, you know, down, always lifting others up. It's and contagious. I think that positivity is contagious. Yeah. So how did you, okay. So you've been in Oklahoma for a while. How did, I guess, how did it start? Who met, how did you meet? I really didn't need to bring Kimberly because even before coming to Oklahoma, I was stalking her. I mean, on uh, Instagram and I really just was, you know, watching this beautiful woman creating these beautiful community enhancing wellness products. She's a master formulator. Which is actually what I wanted to ask about. All right. So, so you were sort of stalking her. Did, yeah. And, well, uh, <laughs> coming to Oklahoma. And of course, immediately I asked myself, who are the wonderful women in Oklahoma? And there's many, many of them. And Kimberly and I just kind of connected on these really organic and genuine levels. And we enjoy each other's company so much. And we are you know, instantly creating things and making things happen together. So, and you right just, so, just so my listeners know, so Jenna, you're coming more from the um, hemp growing plants. That's your, oh, I, yeah, actually all of my farming? cultivation experience is with THC cannabis. Okay. Except for on the production level too, on the big fat production level, except for an, a year in 2019, uh, 250 acres of industrial hemp in Oregon. And that was an incredible experience. Which I actually want to talk about the hemp a little later, but I do want to kind of get around with, so you're coming from the, you're a grower, you're, you're, you're that's for your area. And Kim, are you really a formulations person? What's your, how did you enter the industry, I guess? So I have been an herbalist since, I, I used to work for an herbalist like in two, 1998, I started working for an herbalist. I was part of the Oklahoma Herb Society and I worked for the president and she was, she was a great educator and we get, and we gave classes and I, it, that's where it sparked. And then I started making soap and, and creams and things that didn't have, uh, that had natural preserve 
preservatives and I've just been tooling around with infusing oils and different plants like uh, lavender and lemon balm and chamomile and comfrey and different herbs. And then when and I've always also been a cannabis. My first cannabis business was in 98. I had a business where it was called a little piece of magic. And we sold heirloom plants and pollinator attractants and hemp products. So it was before anything, it was just braided hemp rings and necklaces and textiles and stuff like that. But I've always been just a a big supporter of the plant but so I've been a herbalist and then I went on to get my horticulture degree and worked in people's yards creating organic lawn care and design and implementing natives and drought tolerant and eco-friendly so I've always been just an earth baby earth lover and and then and then when I also was on a bunch of medicine for anxiety and uh, so this is like so. I just kind of like to back up. So this tends to be a typical. Uh, this is a story I hear. These people who are now invested in learning about the healing, they've healed themselves, and they want and they want to give it. And they want to give it. They want to give. And they want to create the person they didn't have. They like give it. They're like, you're a giver. So you're creating exactly. the thing. You're creating what you needed. So what was your story? How did you find this way to heal yourself? Okay, so I was in a tornado and we almost died and I developed agoraphobia, OCD, PTSD. It caught, caused a lot of problems. I Some of my or- organs went down just because of the stress and I believe that stress also can really make you sick. I mean, it, oh, yeah. can, kill, it can kill you. And so I went, I had to have a early menopause or early menopause from surgical they I did hysterectomy and I was given a whole bunch of medications not make me feel better and it made me crazy and so I was working at a hydroponic farm uh, store a grow store where I sold organic supplies and we started selling CBD and I had access and I started eating it every day and I was eating these I started eating enough to get a therapeutic benefit and I woke up one day and realized I could titrate off my medicine and it just started from there. And, and then, you understood, again, I always, I'm always amazed by these stories. So you were taking the pharmaceuticals that prescribed by, by, your, by your physicians and you yes. start consuming this plant medicine and you could, you were able to sort of break through that thing. You were able to see that it was actually helping you, even though no one else telling you it was helping you. And were you able to right. approach your doctors at any level when you were starting to do this? Yes, I approached my, well, I was going to a psychiatrist because, I mean, the medicines just didn't work and she, and we were trying everything and I was having panic attacks and just really resistant to the hormones they were giving me and um, the testosterone shots. And I said, and then she was wanting to put me on lithium and I said, that's it. I'm out. I'm gone. And I made an appointment with my doctor that did the hysterectomy and I said, find me a doctor that can titrate me off this medication. I know, I know that I can't just quit taking it because you can have seizures and you, I did it under medical supervision and I was honest with the doctor. It was before we leave. Yes. I, I, I said, I'm taking CBD and I do consume cannabis, but I'm wanting to get off this stuff. And it took me eight months and that was in 2000. 16. I was not that long. So how did your family, how was your family reacting to this when you decided 
Yeah. Oh, they, 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 they tell me even today, just, I mean, that I'm just a different person than what the person I was when I had to take all that medicine. Cause it, I was a basket case. I was, it was not pretty. And, and my, my children, they, they will not take medicine now. Like they, my son, he's in, he's, he's 20 and he's wanting to be a nurse and, He's, he also has anxiety and PTSD stuff. And he went to the military and had panic attacks when he, and had to be sent home. And, but he, he won't take medicine now because of what he saw me go through over a decade of medicine. So I'm, always, I, I'm amazed by these stories that you women are, I don't know, it's a lot of mm, stigmatization and non-support and you're still able to sort of break through. But what makes me so sad, and this is what we have to stop is people come to this as a last resort. They're desperate. They're so desperate. I can't even tell you how many women I've talked to on the show. Like I would probably say the majority who are desperate by the time they found cannabis. So that's what we're trying to stop. All right. So I'm going to move it on, move it on. We're going to start with Dave's favorite subject. I I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. Go ahead. It's vaginal something, right? (laughs) You already know it's coming. (laughs) So you're creating, you're working together. You're working together to create a line of products for women vaginal suppositories these are our favorite topic of discussion so that's one of your product lines i know you have some flour you have some tincture can you just talk about how did you come up with that product line okay so this is one of the reasons that i like reached out to kimberly like you are a rock star because she her claim to fame is suppositories so i want her to tell you about that she makes amazing formulations out of rso and suppositories is one of them and then salves is another we'll have a tincture and then of course full flower joints and there'll be two different joint production lines one geared towards women and then one geared towards a dear friend of mine who was terminally ill and i helped him pass and cannabis was a big part of that kimberly you have to tell us about your awesome suppositories though Okay. So I, I had one more question for Jana. So is this all only in Oklahoma? Are you selling the CBDs in other states? How is this going to be yeah, uh, marketed? The idea, the idea, Joyce, is that the product line is available in a THC capacity, but also in a CBD capacity. So it can be shipped. Awesome. All right. All right. So Kimberly, tell me about your formulations. Why do you think this is such a great system or delivery system for women, I suppose? Okay. So, well, actually I started them for a cancer patient. A patient reached out to me and she, her husband had um, prostate cancer. And so we formulated some in her kitchen and I held her hand while we, you know, put all the intention into the, this medicine to heal her husband. And so after that, and he's, and that was in 2019, 2018. And so I started fiddling around, was making them. My son started taking them for his backache. And then my female friends started taking them. So actually they were, they started in the back and then they ended up in the front. And I realized that all people could take them. So the females were um, using them for menstrual cramps. I had some friends that had polycystic ovary disease that had an endometriosis was another thing that they were using them for. I had another friend that she had pap smears that kept coming back, not good or flagged. And she had H or 
HPV. And so she had to always go get these pap smears. And she tried my suppositories two times. That was two years ago. And she has been clear for two years after mm. using the THC suppositories with her HPV. There's, wow. There's, there's something to this. There's something to this. What so, kind of milligram dosage? What are you putting in these? Um, I started out with doing a 25 milligram and then Later on, I formulated a 50 milligram. So most issues could be taken care of with the 25 milligram. If you've got like uh, bone on bone pain or sciatica or something, you really need <laughs> the higher milligram, the 50 milligram would be good. It's, it just is, it makes your medicine last longer. Like edibles, they're good because they last longer than smoking. And, but suppositories last even longer than that. Can you and, explain that? Can you actually, can you explain that medically why that actually is true? Because I know that edibles are metastasized differently, obviously, because they have to go through your liver or whatever. But right. what happens with the, yeah. So, so suppositories are absorbed via three, three hepatic, three, three ways. And it's, it's like, it's hard to, I'm having a hard time articulating how exactly it works, but it, it does, it works for like eight to 12 hours. And then I've had some people, I, all I know is the proof in the pudding. I can't tell you scientifically the, the, why it works, but it does. And I've been doing well, the research. I, I, I don't know how, how any medicine works, but I guess yeah, people exactly. are like, it's magic. It's not magic. It's, it's science. We have an endocannabinoid well, system. It is absorbed through our system into this. I do it's know. absorbed. Yeah. Yeah, I do know that why it's more bioavailable because it bypasses the liver mm-hmm. and it goes directly into the system. And so depending on how far you put the suppository up, you will get higher. So if you just barely pop it in there between the first two sphincters, there's going to be less head high. And if you push it past the second sphincter, then you're going to get in contact with the vagus nerve. And then you're getting a full, you know, going, we call it going to Vegas. You're going to get the full high that way. So some people, so there's different ways you can use them. And then in the front, there is not really uh, much of a head high. Mm-hmm. But it's, both and it's pain. just the like, way get, it's absorbed. It's yeah. just the way it's absorbed. It's an interesting alternative to like, especially I have my daughter's always complaining about whatever she's, compl- you know, I keep trying to find these CBD ones that might be helping or cells or, you know, uh-huh. cramps. But this, again, this is another option instead of taking my doll or it, like yes. a lot of, yeah. <laughs> it's like an internal topical. It just gets, we have more endocannabinoid receptors in that area. And it's just a really great method to have in your toolbox. I'm not saying it's for every time, but it's, it's a great, great thing to have in your medicine cabinet when you're really in pain and you don't want to, or maybe you want to use it while you're at work and you don't want the head high or, or maybe you're going to be away from home and you can't sleep and you're in a hotel room and, and that's when you use a suppository because it's a total body relaxation. Like it's like nothing you've ever experienced. It's like, I, I, it's almost like taking a Valium is what I would relate without, it without waking up groggy, without waking up groggy. Yeah, exactly. Without all that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's okay, amazing. Just another, another, you know, again, this is this, everyone who doesn't, people who don't understand what this is or are new, they're like, well, I don't want to smoke. 
our friend, you know, Nydia has like 120 ways that you can use this product and yes. different options. And again, this is just one more and sort of coming back to your illness story is that, again, it doesn't solve everything, but cannabis right. therapies have to stop being the last option. They have to be out there on the shelf saying, okay, you can use this or this, you can use these together. This is how they interact. These are things we need to know. Anyway, There's also a, the Viagra yeah. type effect with women. Oh, that's not another. We haven't talked about that yet. Maybe we'll get that sure. at the end. All right. So we know that Kimberly, you were you had some illnesses and you found healing through cannabis. I actually don't know, Jana. What brought you into cannabis? What was like? What was your cannabis? Mostly, Joyce. I'm a health nut. Okay. That really is it. I mean, in my early, I'm talking like let's say 1920. I started studying herbs and uh, naturopathic medicine and alternative medicines and alternative uh, spirituality, religions, all the energetic and vibrational healing for me. That awareness started when I was 14. So really, cannabis to me is a wellness and and the reason that I have gotten into it so you know implicitly now is because it is like the renaissance of who I am and funny enough I was an engineer before you know after having this long through my 20s focusing on all natural healing and modalities and being a practitioner and having a practice and all that to transitioning into then electrical engineering Hmm. computer technologies and just totally going on that labor side of my brain. And then coming back to a friend who said, Hey, what are you doing out there in the world? Come back to California. I've got this 20 acre property. And I need somebody to live there. Well, lo and behold, it was a grow. I moved my husband and my two kids out there. And we were like, well, isn't this great? We get to spend a lot of time together. We get to mix all of the marriages of all of our skills and passions into one thing and make a lot of money. Now, mind you, that's back in the days, a Mm -hmm. long time ago. Did you know anything about growing cannabis or growing anything back then? Did you know how to grow stuff? Yes, we had huge gardens and we had huge farm so then we had different farms around california and we just kept growing in the industry i'll tell you what happened though joyce and the reason that i'm here why i am today is because we had bad business partners and that that drove me bananas because if there's one thing i don't like is a lack of integrity Mm-mm. and it became my mission to improve our industry and the stigma of cannabis through building better, stronger business players. Because if we do that, the whole supply chain develops, the whole consistency develops, the patients get to understand what they need better, and the business is stronger, breaking the policy barriers. So a couple key points of advisement are always... You must be an advocate for the plant, number Mm -hmm. one. You must move your business and understand this is unlike any other business. The plant forward focus is where you need to be to keep the intention strong and the intention of our industry where it needs to be, which is on wellness and healing and access. Mm -hmm. And you must be an advocate for your own business policy. So it's a really big picture and it's a fun thing to do. That's how I got involved. All right, you're in it. All right. So the other thing that I know you talk about you grow cannabis, but we talk a lot about hemp 
And you've actually said to me that hemp is a problem solver and that right now we have a viable answer to addressing pollution too with this. So yeah, I know we also- And it goes I, like this. Okay. Ask this plant to solve any pollution problem, even if it's in your body or on your lands or in your planet. It solves every single pollution problem and we mm-hmm. should be addressing it that way. And you are working with farmers and we've talked about one of the issues is farmers want to grow this, but then they got stuck with a plant because there's no place to send it or infrastructure to build things, to create things, to fix things. So yes. why, why don't we, what's going to happen? And what do you see with, I guess you're in, you know, I'm obviously, I'm living in Cambridge. I do a podcast in my daughter's bedroom. I'm not really on a farm and I don't know anything about agriculture. <laughs> so where, where do you, I mean, farmers must want to grow this. It's a good plant. It would look be awesome across our country to see hemp everywhere instead of corn. Yes. Yes. And it is a super pleasure to be driving in a place like Oregon and seeing fields of hemp, fields of cannabis growing. And I do really, really want to focus on advocating for industrial hemp in a larger way by developing more opportunities for farmers to access good infrastructure. I have actually recently reached out to someone here in Oklahoma who I've been noticing is doing a bang up job on making the infrastructure happen. So I would, I'm just dying to have that little bit more space in my time. You know, there's only so many hours in a day, you know, my mom and, and then Kimberly and I are working on developing the products and the access will be not just through dispensaries, but to home visits and home care and home parties. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love and that then, part. Yeah. And then to develop this old folks home. Which we're going to get to later after the, uh, after. but yeah, you, gonna- know, <laughs> like, you know, you I, know, I, the industrial hemp thing is so important that we, I'm, I'm trying to find the way to carve that leverage in to spend more time there again, because it is actually a deeper passion than mine uh, of mine than you know THC cannabis for personal health. Well, hemp is like gonna, it literally has the ability to change our world. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back yes. with Janice Dollins and Kim Campbell. We have to thank today's sponsor, Northern Specialty Health Provisioning Center, and we're going to speak with our special segment guest, Coach Ash. We'll be back in a minute. Gratitude, hope, and action are the words that best describe the empathic business model of Northern Specialty Health Provisioning Center, NSH, in Michigan. Northern Specialty Health's empathic business model is the foundation on which their reputation as helpers has been built. They value being locally sourced and locally connected and know they have been changing hearts and minds since 2013. In addition to being the mom and pop cannabis shop that other dispensaries should aspire to be like, owners Penny and Ryan Milkey and their employees strongly support their local community as well as the greater cannabis community. One shiny example of how NSH utilizes their community tip jar to support local organizations or individuals in need. NSH matches the funds their customers leave in the tip jar, and as a team, they decide where the matching community tips will be add the most value. Since January 2021, their community tips have contributed funds to a wide range of organizations, as well as two local families who recently lost their homes to fire. If you are in the Upper Peninsula region, please check them out. Northern Specialty Health Provisioning Center in Houghton, Michigan. All right. 
Welcome, Coach Ash. Welcome in. I know you're going to be, you're doing a lot of things, but I did want to talk about your little, your cookbook, your smoke from the pot, your savory infused meals, which I love because everyone talks about sweets and just a little bit about what you're doing. So just a quick intro and a little bit about your cookbook. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm a cannabis entrepreneur. I wrote a cannabis infused cookbook called Smoke from the Pot that teaches you how to make infused olive oil, can of butter, and can of shortening. And it has 40 recipes included in it as well. And then I am also a development coach. So I have a company called Winning Coaching where we do HR workshops and trainings for cannabis dispensaries and business owners. So I know that anyone who is lucky enough to come to the High Tea Boston is going to get a sample of the cookbook. You're calling it what? Uh, it's a bite size. Bite. Right. So why do you think, again, we talk a lot about, obviously, even on the show, different ways to consume your cannabis products. When people talk about edibles, they're always talking about gummies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when they talk about infused foods, people often have this idea that it's going to make them crazy or they've just had a bad experience. So what is it that you're sharing about the butters and the um, infused products that you and how to incorporate into a daily routine without just having sweets? Yeah, so it's really the education. So it's not just a, a cookbook that has the recipes, but we discuss uh, dosage. We discuss the endocannabinoid system and how we all have cannabinoids in our body. So it's really the educational piece that makes it a little bit more of just a, a cookbook when it comes to cooking with cannabis. And we really wanted to be intentional about having recipes that are very relatable to, you know, what people consume already on a daily basis so that it doesn't have to be something that's extravagant or extremely challenging to where they feel like, oh, I can't, you know, learn how to cook with cannabis or this is just way too difficult. We really wanted it to be simple recipes to encourage people to get cooking with cannabis. All right. So I don't really cook much. I talk about this. I'm open. And anything that's simple yeah. <laughs> inspires me. So like, I imagine this, like you have an infused olive oil and you make a dressing, like it's like simple things. So just incorporating mm -hmm. in a way you would normally. So what do you think are some of the, I don't know, what do you think are some of the challenges people are facing when they actually want to start cooking with cannabis? Not, not knowing, you know, how to activate the product or not knowing that the product even needs to be activated. So meaning that, you know, it needs to be heated up. It needs to be set in a different state, which is called decarboxylating. So being intentional about making sure that it's active so that when you do create that infusion, it allows you to get the most or maximize the potential of the, of the plant. And which way, so I know I have, I have a decarboxylate, an art of decarboxylate, which I haven't really used, but my friend's been using it. So how do you decarboxylate? I know there's old fashioned ways of doing it in the stove. This, what is yeah. your favorite way of doing yeah. that? Yep. I mean, well, you know, if you have a machine, it's always going to be a lot easier uh, to kind of go that route because you can set it and forget it essentially. But we, we like to do it the more traditional way where we do do it in the stove for about 45 minutes. And um, we just, you know, have that be a part of the process. And when you're talking about so dosing, this is the biggest issue, obviously. So back in the day, someone would say they'd make a can of brownies or whatever they were making. They literally yeah. had no idea how much was in each brownie. It could be five yeah. milligrams. It could have been 100 milligrams. You didn't know. So how are you working with this? And what are you suggesting to people to figure out their dosing? Yeah, absolutely. So in the book, we teach you that one teaspoon is going to be roughly about five milligrams for that serving. So depending on if you consume on a regular basis or if you don't consume a lot, 
that's going to determine the amount of the tolerance of the cannabis that you're able to handle, as well as your metabolism. So everybody's body is affected differently by cannabis. And it's really taking the less is more approach to really identify where that sweet spot is for you. And, you know, making sure that it's something that you're comfortable with when you're consuming. So this is something people always talk about. Like, if, again, I am always amazed women have to like figure this out. They have to listen to their own bodies really and figure out where the comfortable spot is. So yeah. people who are not consumed cannabis and they have a fear, I actually ask them, what is the fear? Because they actually don't even know what the fear is. So when you're kind of reversing that, when they're saying, you know, get to the spot that feels good, what are you explaining? Like, how does that feel to them? What do you, what do you, what are they, what should they actually be aware of so that they know that the product is working or not? I guess that's what, what do you, how do you work with people? Yeah. Way. So, so, so having them, them start out at a, a lower dosage. So maybe about like roughly maybe five milligrams or less and, you know, waiting anywhere from, you know, two hours to maybe four, depending on, you know, your metabolism and what it is that you're consuming to see, you know, do you like the way that you're feeling? Are you feeling racy? Are you really sleepy? Like just, you know, how the, how the medicine is affecting your body. And then kind of going increasing and or decreasing, depending on if you like what you experience so far. And so it can be a little bit tedious and take some time. But once you're able to identify, OK, my dosage is 15 milligrams. Now you're you can comfortably, you know, consume 15 milligrams or less, depending on or more, depending on what you're looking for. Yeah, I just I, I just I, again, this is very it's probably it's healthier way to take medication to think about you know, one of the canon nurses suggested, she's like, you know, right up in the morning, write mm-hmm. down the 10 things that you feel shitty about, <laughs> you know, you have a headache or something aches, or you're a little cranky. She's like, write them all down, take the dose. Don't look mm-hmm. at that list for at least an hour, maybe two and come back. And maybe you've rated it on a scale. Maybe you're not quite as cranky. Maybe you don't have quite as much pain. So it's very, it's a very interesting way to be very conscious of how you are. I think it's probably healthier. So, all right, great. So coach Ash. So again, if you like what you hear and you want to connect to her, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah. Coach Ash at winning dash the number one.com. Or you can follow us on social media at green light project underscore. And we'll have all that in the note. And again, you're going to have access to her small bites. I'm sorry. Bite <laughs> size. Bite, bite size. size. The bite size uh, cannabis infused cookbook. If you come to the high tea party, it's going to be great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks. All right. We are back. Oklahoma, Canna Friends, business partners, Kim Campbell and Jenna Stalins. Old people. Jenna and I love talking about old people. How are, how are we planning on building a better world for old people using hemp and cannabis and housing and community? So I know Kim can start. Old people love cannabis. They <laughs> love it. They love it. They love it. The, And all the old people started crawling out of the Oklahoma woodwork when it became, when we started talking about legalizing. And I had been open about my cannabis, you know, usage for many, many years and a herbalist and kind of a health, you know, natural. So people came to me. So a lot of old people came to me. And we would sit on my couch and do their first cannabis use, you know, together. And we would, and we'd have the the whole endocannabinoid talk and 
the education and starting slow and grow uh, conversation. And they just lo- loved, I-, I used to make cookies for a lady and she lived in a, a, a nursing home and she would share them and all the ladies, they felt so good. Like they were, I was getting, getting messages like we're washing our dog and cleaning cleaning the cobwebs out of the it gave them it gave them energy from it gave them energy yes and i started to discover the different cookies what was going in them like so if you're gonna put you know more indica or or myrcene and carophylline i I like that you talk about terpene instead of like yeah that's a I mean, we can get back to that. But yeah, that's a really I'm not, interesting gonna, talk I'm not about gonna that. call yeah. it indica or sativa because that's I want to get away from that. I want to get into the terpenes are what matter, and so the ones that the green crack cookies that may, they love those because they had less depression. They could get up. Their pain was taken care of. They felt social. They really liked that. So you actually, are you going, Jen and I talk about this a lot, like trying to like, again, it's always about education. We're all like coach Ash. Everyone talking about education, how to engage people in this conversation so that they can help themselves, like helping their own health. So are you going yes. into facilities? Are people talking to you? Are you part of Jenna's grand world scheme of like having a hemp farm definitely. where old people can go with them? Um... Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm almost there myself, and I plan on living there. So, <laughs> I know, Jenna. Do you want to describe your your grand vision? <laughs> yeah, Kimberly's right next to me. There's a side by side aspect there. You know, it's a food farm, and it's an old person residence where they get to live and go all the way through death. So it's also a hospice environment as well. There's a big house. Okay, that's a big community house. There's a big industrial size community kitchen and there's meals there and people participate in making and breaking down the meals. Um, and then- I think the, the purpose part, I think, is really important. I was listening to someone on a discussion the other day about how, you know, these these nursing homes, like they're basically they're orphaned. They're like left there and that they've yeah. actually started programs where they bring in just pets, just having a pet to care for that you can help give you purpose and having purpose is so important for happiness. And a garden. Goats and gardens. And they'll definitely like dedicated healing gardens and dedicated gardens for residents. Um, And there'll also be lots of like fields of of gardens that are for food and of course for herbs like lavender. If you can imagine rows and rows and rows of lavender. So yeah, it's a, it's a community farm because they'll also be like a farm stand. There'll be products coming from the farm. It's meant to engage the people who live there to the point of which they want to be engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there's tiny homes. So there's, of course, from hempcrete and these sustainable practices. And I believe that what we will have is the opportunity to educate young people in the community to come to the farm. We will also have the opportunity to involve universities. I love that. Engage at the farm and not just for food and for cannabis and for this, you know, this experience, but also for the old people who live there, for the residents. They'll have a purpose. I don't understand how this plant Mm -hmm. living and this plant wellness enhances your lives at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it really is something too that it's, it's been difficult to say, yes, it's just going to be for that 
that population, at least this, this piece is. The intention is that it's also not just in one location, Joyce, but that it becomes a, a franchisable. Yeah, there's a replicable, franchise. replicable, absolutely. But Kimberly and I have had a hard, I mean, it's been a hard time saying, well, let's just go to, you know, this one old person's model, which is where it started, because the second we started talking about it, it's like, well, wait a minute there. We could have people transitioning as a facility, as facility uh, residents. We could have troubled youth. We could have women with traumatizing experiences. I mean, boy, the things that we could do to help heal mm-hmm. our communities. But this is what we're going to focus on is the old folks right now. Well, I like that. And yeah. All right. And uh, we're running up on time. But one more topic. Moms. All moms. Let's see. Kimberly, how do you think cannabis and your mom, how's it impacted your mom relationship with your children? I mean, you've talked a little bit about it with your son, how your motivation, Uh, you know. It definitely makes me a better mom. (laughs) It makes me more patient. It makes me more insightful. It makes me think about things outside of myself. And I think it just helps me be a better mom. And they, they have seen my usage and all the medications I got off of and the, the change in my personality and all the things that I'm able to achieve without all, without all that. And they, they're all, I have a 35 year old and he's a daily user. He's in a high stress financial job and he's a daily user. He's also got back troubles so he uses for that. And then I've got a middle girl and she's an occasional user, more just to relax and maybe to go to sleep. And then I have a 20 year old son who's in the, wants to be a nurse and he wants to work in hospice and he will only use it very rarely. And he would only use it after he turned 20 because he said he didn't, he wanted his brain to be as adult as it needed to be. And he only wanted to use anything, even Tylenol very appropriately. So he's, he was affected by seeing me on medications that didn't work. That's, but that's, that's, seeing, a, that's an interesting range of like how, you know, again, we talk about the transparency about like moms who use it and their kids can see it. It's not a mystery. They don't have to use it. Right. They aren't forced to use it, but they can see it and they can make a choice without having right. this information. And Jana, right. your kids are younger, right? They're littler. Yeah. Mine are um, 13 or 12 and 14 right now about to have their birthdays. Yep. And yes. interesting, my, uh, my daughter is, you know, now she's had her period for the last year and she is experiencing a lot of different hard emotions and experiencing feelings in her body that she's really unfamiliar with, but she knows CBD. Mm-hmm. And my kids also just plant medicine in general. Tinctures have been part of our family since they're babies. So taking that CBD tincture and whatnot is like nothing to them. But now she's going to start learning more about all the cannabinoids and when and how to administer them because it's not just about smoking. And that's, you know, you know, the easy thing to go to, but is that where you need to be in your use and administration right now? What are the options? So we've just really opened up that door to a deeper understanding and we're diving in right now. It's been a wonderful experience to be her mom going through this with her. That's awesome. And again, if we are healthy, we can raise healthy 
people, other little people, and then they will make our planet healthier. This is the whole cycle we're trying to impact. So my lady friends, we actually have to end. Kim, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they want to reach out to you? Sacredflowerkimberly at gmail.com. All right, that'll be in the notes. And my friend, Jana. Yes, I'm at Pro. And that's on Instagram. And we'll have that in. All right. Thank you for joining me. I love meeting you, Kim. Thank you so much, Jana, for introducing us. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was also going to tell you that there is a canasourcepro.com as well. If you want to see pictures of our work. And And I'm on TikTok. We'll find you. We'll set for you. I'm a good note taker. We got it all in the notes. Okay. Thanks, Coach Ash. Thanks, Jana. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. Happy 420. Happy 420. We didn't even talk about 420. Lordy, lordy. All right. For my <laughs> guest and my Canna Bro, David Jazz, and our Canna Mom Show team, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canna Mom Show, where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Canon Mom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.